every youngster here on the Michigan team has dreamt of the day that he someday would play on a championship team and come to the Rose Bowl and play in the granddaddy of them all. All right, Craig, well, it's time to uh, return to all things fun and good on the Divine Intervention Podcast. We'll start by reliving Saturday night. That was something, if you if you want to put a description on it. It looked for a second there that Michigan was going to lose 78 to nothing. 78 to nothing, yeah, it did. At the beginning of the game, um, you and I talked, and I, I missed the the very start of the game and was able to turn it on in the second quarter. And, you know, the best thing about Saturday night was the maize pants for Michigan for me. Um, I After I saw those maize pants when I got home and turned the TV on, the score really didn't matter at that point. Uh, Michigan was driving to, to bring the, the lead to 14-13, I think. It was right before they went on that drive. And it just seemed like vintage Michigan football to me. It felt like, you know, late 90s, early 2000s. And it, it seemed like everything was good and we were coming back. And then I, wheels fell off the bus. I don't know what happened. I'd be curious to see if the maize pants become like a, a signature road. Uh, like it happens on the road maybe at a Wisconsin or at the Penn State. A, a game that has implications of a, of a big game. And obviously... The, the result wasn't what we were looking for. I will say, though, if you can kind of get rid of that last quarter, quarter and a half, maybe even the entire second half, there were some positive things to take away. Not many, but I do like how Michigan responded. Again, obviously, Barkley's second play in the Wildcat took it almost 70 yards. Uh, Michigan went three and out, called nothing of style on offense. Uh like three plays later, I think Barkley found the end zone again. Again, Michigan called just about nothing on offense. And and luckily, a David Long interception uh, gave Michigan a chance to, to score. And then they scored one more time. So I think they responded well. Obviously, they took advantage of a, of a McSorley mistake. Uh, they were able to eliminate a mistake as well at that point. And so the offense opened up. I think the playbook opened up. When I looked at that, I thought, what is Harbaugh doing? It's two possessions in a row where you haven't called anything creative. I think the first one, there wasn't, I think there's negative five yards maybe or something like that after the first two drives. Then all of a sudden the playbook opened up. In my opinion, I think Jim Harbaugh thought our defense can maybe contain them and we're going to let John O'Corn and the offense kind of settle in in this atmosphere and we're going to open it up. I don't think he expected to be down 14 nothing. No, I don't know that anybody did. And I think about a lot of these, uh, so-called Michigan fans that before the game started, they were maybe unsure what was going to happen and then uh, went down early pretty pretty big, I guess. A couple scores we went down, and suddenly everybody was against John O'Corn and uh, Tim Drevno and just Michigan football in general. And then all of a sudden we started coming back, and now these fans are diehards again, and they're, they're back on the hype train, and Michigan's the greatest team ever. And then all of a sudden now they're back off of it, so... I, don't, I can't even keep up with that, let alone keep up with what plays are being called. Uh, there's so much flip-flop going on. I'm just excited that, you know, this Michigan team hasn't peaked yet um, by any means, and that's what's exciting me because I feel like the last two years they've peaked before November and then kind of had a disappointing end to the season. And, yeah, this year isn't necessarily going as well as maybe some people thought, um, I still think that there's so many positives 
You think about Saturday being down to the number two team in the country at their place with a team full of young guys that just showed in that first half that they they had fight and they could come back and hang with them. Um, obviously, things ended differently in the second half, but there still is those those glimpses throughout the season where it's like, man, the future is so bright for Michigan football. Yeah, I mean, if you just look at those 13 points scored, even subtracting the Quinn Nordine uh, missed extra point, that looked like a much different football team than we've seen at many times this year. There's been glimpses in every game, flashes of something really positive. It's just been that they cannot find a way to do it beginning to end. Earlier in the season, it seemed like second-half adjustments were the answer, and they weren't allowing teams to score in the fourth quarter. Obviously, Indiana changed that. Purdue, or sorry, not Purdue, Penn State changed that this past weekend. It's a young team. I agree with you. It's not like last season where you think that they could be a national championship team and then they kind of sputter at the end. This is a team that is going through some significant growing pains. Uh, I think that there's a lot of good things to come. I think we'll see their best play in the next three weeks, whether it's this weekend Rutgers, uh, the following weekend Minnesota, or or at Maryland. Uh, Wisconsin and Ohio State going to be obviously very, very tough games, but at least one of those games is winnable. I see Wisconsin as a winnable game. Wisconsin doesn't do anything flashy. They just play hard-nosed, simple football. Michigan can win playing hard-nosed, simple football. So if you take a look at the season, it's still kind of on par with at least my expectations, probably yours too. If you can beat the next three teams, find a way to beat Wisconsin uh, on the road, whether or not they've lost before that point or not, and then at least play a little bit closer to Ohio State than you did Penn State, that's not a bad season, is it, Craig? No, I don't. I don't see how it is. You know, the whole we're young excuse is really getting old real fast because we weren't too young after we beat Florida. Um, we weren't too young the next couple weeks when we were winning games, and then suddenly, as soon as Michigan State comes into the big house and um, kind of outworks us the entire game, suddenly we're too young and we we fall back on that excuse a lot and. Really, I'm, I'm sick of hearing it because, yeah, we're young, but you know what? Ohio State's young every year. Alabama's young every year. Every team in college football goes through those growing pains of replacing guys, and we've been pretty blessed the last two years with maybe not superstars, but solid players on both sides of the ball. Um, maybe a few superstars here and there, but we were, we were blessed with good players that Jim Harbaugh came in and got the ability to coach, and that's why we had 10 wins the last two years, and um, this year, yeah, we definitely have some inexperienced guys, but definitely still talented football players that want to win, that that love the University of Michigan, and I don't know. I don't think, uh, you know, a 10-win season again is, is unheard of at this point. I don't see why they can't do just like you're saying and get to a bowl game and uh, maybe win that bowl game, and even the Ohio State game. I don't think that that's a game – that I look at and say, that's unwinnable. Um, we've seen crazier things happen in that rivalry. And with Ohio State coming to the big house, you never know what could happen. Yeah, that's been a close game in, in a couple of years, including a Devin Gardner year where, where they elected to go for two. I mean, that was a game that they should have had no business being in, a high-scoring game at that. Again, I think the season is going just about how I thought it would if I look back at the at the end of the season, maybe because of the way it's happened, losing to Michigan State, where I think we kind of overlooked Michigan State heading into the season, thinking that they'd be as bad as last year, 
or whether it's not taking Penn State serious enough or not understanding that the offense could struggle. I mean, if you were to kind of skip over the frustrations now, looking back and seeing these two losses aren't all that surprising. And and again, you can have another 10-win season if you just if you lose one more game, if you can find a way to win four out of the next five and then win a bowl game. I mean, that's kind of reminiscent of Michigan creamed Florida uh, and Jim Harbaugh's first bowl experience. It, it looked like a team that was so dominant that you wondered kind of what happened. And I think they grew up as the year went on. Uh, they had some they had some tough battles, obviously, one where Wilton Spate had to come in for, for Jake Rudock and, and lead a victory against Minnesota, double overtime against Indiana, games that fans were super frustrated about. But looking back, we think of that as a pretty good year, Harbaugh's first. This is a team that's full of a lot more athletes, a lot more playmakers, guys that could be future stars. And I honestly believe that this could be very similar to that 2015 season where we kind of look back and say, hey, time time the bowl game comes around, we can really see what Michigan's going to bring to the field in 2018. Does anybody want to hear that this is a good season in preparation for next season? No. They want wins right now, but I'm actually not as disappointed as I thought I might have been at this point in the season with these two losses. No, I think that's exactly right. We just live in a culture where people want everything now. I mean, that's the whole reason that we're doing a podcast right now and not writing an article. Uh, people want things now. And I, yeah, that's a, that's about all I've got to say is that this year is definitely not a, a national championship year, but honestly, did people think that it was going to be? Uh, there were just so many question marks going into the year. And obviously the win over Florida sparked, sparked even more excitement, but same time, everybody just needs to settle down. We have two losses to two good, well-coached teams, and we play in the Big Ten. It's, in my opinion, the toughest toughest conference in college football, and things like that are going to happen. Obviously, the way that the Penn State game ended isn't, isn't the level that Harbaugh wants uh, or is accepted at the University of Michigan, but stuff like that's going to happen and, and people just need to settle down and, and take a step back. I know myself, I was pretty worked up after the Michigan state loss just because one, it was Michigan state two, it was at home and three, the offense just looked so awful, um, which they have a lot of times this year. That's a whole separate podcast, but, um, everybody just needs to take a step back. You know, I I've done that and it has helped tremendously. Absolutely, and I think that's the right way to approach it. I just keep getting reminded of that 2015 season, a season where Michigan wasn't even ranked when it started. and It was Harbaugh's first year, and I think a lot of people maybe made that excuse, similar to the, these guys are young excuse in 2017, but they lost a game right away on a, on a Thursday night it was. First time Michigan played on Thursday night to a Utah team. Yeah, and but, after that game... Michigan and Jim Harbaugh were the laughing stock of college football because of all the hype going into that yep. season. And then Michigan rattles off win after win after that. So, yep. And then you lose to, to Michigan State in a play that no one likes to be reminded of. And obviously that hurts and people are furious because right, right. it's a rivalry loss. And then you get crushed by Ohio State and people are mad again. But again, they came out and proved what they can be and what they're going to be that next year. Uh, and, and they beat Florida really badly. Again, last year, they came out looking like one of the best teams in the country. Looked that way all the way until they kind of faltered at the end. Those weren't Harbaugh's players. Those weren't the most athletic guys. Those definitely weren't superstars. Guys that are going to have NFL careers, absolutely. They're proving that right now. 
Again, this is not the year, and I don't think any year, maybe outside of part of last year, was going to be a championship year. So for me, moving forward, it's just I want to see positive things. I know that we could talk about Brandon Peters. I would like to see some Brandon, Ple- Brandon Peters play. I want to see some things that get me excited about all of these guys, a number of guys, most of the guys, returning for a season next year. And I, I can kind of separate the win now and the frustrations that come with losing and kind of look at the future. Harbaugh's returning. He's not bailing after this season to the NFL. 2018 looks pretty good. It's going to be fun. Uh, and I think that there's a lot more fun to be had this season as well. Well, thanks for joining us on Divine Intervention. That's all we have for for this episode. We look forward to seeing Michigan uh, play Rutgers this weekend. Hopefully some positive things we can take away from that next week. Go Blue!